I'm Scott Abraham from ABC7 in Washington, D.C. You know who it is. Travis Thomas Experience. This is Eric Edholm of Yahoo Sports. This is Mitch Tischler. This is Al Galdi, and you're listening to The Big Douglas Show. All right, you know what it is. This is The Big Douglas Show. We are live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Uh, and the guest co-host chair to me today is the editor of Full Press Commanders now, George Carmi. George, how are you? What's up, fellas? How you guys doing today? Doing good. Chris Baker is here every Monday. Swaggy, how you doing? I'm great, man. I'm great. <laughs> and our guest today is Pierre Garçon. Pierre, how are you, my friend? Doing good. Doing good. How you guys doing? Doing good. Appreciate you uh, hopping on with us today. My pleasure. Uh, I know how these guys feel, Pierre. I'm curious how you like the new Commander's logo, the rollout. And uh, and I know how Chris feels on this, but will you always be a Redskin or will you now be a Commander? How does that work? Well, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll take the title as both. But, you know, it's going to be hard to remember to keep saying Commanders until, you know, the Commanders get a lot of – a lot of victories so that we're used to seeing commanders and the W and the, the logo all runs well when we're getting those victories. So, you know, I'll, always hard to say I'm a former commander, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> I'll take you when the victory come. And hey Chris, that's pretty much what you said too. Yeah. Without a question, you know, um, it definitely uh sounds weird to say it but there's something that we're probably gonna have to get accustomed to saying it but <clears throat> if they uh once they start winning and then we could get accustomed to it and then we'll probably start saying it because as of right now i'm chris baker from the redskins <laughs> <laughs> now pierre are you are you used to off seasons uh without football now so i chris you've been out the league for a little bit but pierre only a couple years for you right uh, yeah, it's only been a couple of years. I'm actually very used to the offseason without football. Uh, unfortunately, I can't travel as much as I used to, which what we always look forward to during the offseason. But, you know, it's it's opening back up. But I'm used to the offseason. There's no football. I just focus on other things like golf and, and fishing and the, the sun. <laughs> <laughs> the sun is nice. What uh, What kind of golfer are you? Uh, 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 one that's gonna keep getting better. <laughs> I would say my handicap is a ten, but you know, certain days it's better. Certain days you're like, that ain't it. <laughs> I, I saw I saw you and Fletch talking a lot about your golf swing, man. So I'm gonna stay out of that golfing conversation. Let's do not play. start. Do, don't start trying to golf. It's the worst thing you would do to yourself. Yeah, golfing's one of the hardest sports to get into because you can be perfect one day and the next day be absolutely awful no matter what you do. You can be at the exact right. same forest of bad luck over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Pierre and uh, Chris, let me actually ask you guys a question. So um, I know the fan base, we're actually super happy to have you guys back I being part of this whole alumni process. Um, how did that happen? How did you guys get involved with this? Like, has it been everything you expected it to be? Are you really happy with this whole alumni interactions? Or what's your take on everything, Pierre? Uh, um, my take on everything. We, me, Chris Baker, you know, the guys that are currently playing, we always know at some point we're going to be an alumni because they always had those alumni around us in the locker room, in the building, you know, at events. So we always knew we'd be an alumni. And those alumni love coming back and love, you know, supporting your team, especially when you're getting some support. So, Mm-hmm. Me and myself, me and Baker, I, I, I'm sure we always knew that we would be wearing a maroon jacket, you know, coming back to the games and having reunions and, and meeting up with what our f- former teammates, people that work in the front office and friends and, and guys on the staff. So, 
you know, being an actual alumni now, you know, it's like, all right, we saw this coming in, you know, now it's more excitement with, you know, the new direction the the, the team is going. Cool. Chris, you feel the same way? Yeah, I feel the same way. You know, um, it's always, you know, great to come back around, especially in a place that you were loved. Um, you know, I, I always love being back with the, the D.C. fans, you know, like ever since I got a chance to play, they always supported me and I've always tried to sign as many autographs as I can just to stay connected with the fans. So, you know, it feels great to be an alumni. Uh, Tim Hightower has doing has been doing a really good great job, job. At, uh, reaching out to a lot of the former alumni who probably wasn't even as involved with the team, but he's been able to reach out to a lot of guys, even to see guys like uh, Brian Arakpo, who hasn't been back to mm-hmm. Washington, you know, since the day he left and signed with uh, Tennessee. So Tim is doing a really good job at uh, reaching out to alumni and getting them around the team, and, and hopefully the team could put something good on the field so we can all have something to be proud to uh, cheer on. Pierre, what you got? What you got going to take up your free time now that you're not playing <laughs> golf? What <are> you <laughs> golf. <laughs> well, I do other things down here too as well. I'm a, a commercial landlord. And I have a lot of properties down here that I manage, so that's keeping me busy. And you know, with COVID, that made it tougher to navigate. But you know, I just spend a lot more free time now with my family, enjoying my mom and my sisters, and you know, enjoying being home with not much responsibilities. <laughs> where, where did you end up retiring to? Uh, Florida. I just went back home to Florida. West Palm Beach oh, is great. home. Miami is home. So I just go, you know, go back there to the, to the beautiful weather and the palm trees. And the birds <laughs> and the yachts. <laughs> <laughs> we are all uh, jealous of the Florida weather, I assure you of that. Uh, fluent French. Repeat that for me. You're a fluent in French, yes? I'm, I'm fluent in Creole. I'm working on, that's one of the things I've been working on during the off season or not the off season since I've been done is working on my French, but I haven't stuck with it enough, but I can, you know, hold a conversation in French, but I wouldn't say I'm fluent yet, but I'm very close. <laughs> yeah, no, I love that. Let's, uh, let's get into uh, the, the game a little bit. We, uh, mm-hmm. I'm curious. Uh, if you see any guys that remind you of yourself in the league now, myself, yeah. Oh man, that's that's tough. Uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, with Kyle Shanahan being in San Francisco, you know, I knew he was bringing in a younger receiver, and Debo Samuel was a guy, and I was like, hey, make sure you know, we didn't cross path, but he's like, hey. If you do know, you know, put out a good word, you know, continue to, you know, inspire and help them know that how this is how we run our program. And, you know, Debo has taken the the baton and, and ran with it further than I could have. So that's one of the guys that remind me of stuff in the league. And I'm happy with, you know, the system that he's in, the production that he's producing and, you know, the success he's had. Are you surprised they aren't using Antonio Gibson a little bit more in that Debo Samuel role? Um, As for... Like, they mostly have been running him this year. I'm surprised they haven't put him out more to receive passes. That's, uh, you know, that's that's a mismatch that we could take advantage of. Would love to see it. But, you know, obviously that come from the offensive coordinator, the head coach, and, you know, trying to use those weapons um, to their advantage, especially, you know, a guy that can – that was a former receiver. Yeah, because he's still learning how to play the position, really. <laughs> you, you never lose. You never lose that. Being a receiver, you never lose that position. That's good. Right, right, right. 
Hey, so Pierre, like I think you know, you definitely were a fan favorite in DC. Um, one of my favorite things about you was that you played so passionate and angry, and you kind of had um, you brought that flair to offense. Like you were like a dog on offense, which I love to watch. Um, what motivated you, and what what drove you to get to that point? Because I, I feel like we start seeing that with Terry McLaurin a little bit, it's starting to come about a little bit, you know, step by step. But that was my favorite part about you. What was your intrinsic motivation? What got you to that point? You know, there's there's there's. <laughs> There's a, a politically correct answer, and then there's locker room answers. <laughs> <laughs> I love to hear both. Go ahead. Okay, the politically yeah. correct answer. You know, I enjoyed playing football. You know, yeah, I, I I enjoy being out there to compete. You know, I love being in the locker room, and then and then when I'm in the locker room, I you know I wouldn't say I yell at guys, but I tell guys they should be doing a better job. And if you're telling somebody they should be doing a better job, you have to do a better job. One hundred percent. So that was always my message to the defenders, to the defense, to the other t- offensive players that. I'm going hard and I will continue to go hard so that you guys can go hard. So it was a little, little inspiration for myself to keep myself going. Cause you know, I, I hate losing. I hate, you know, being defended. I hate, you know, defenders. So whenever mm-hmm. I get an opportunity to give them a piece of their own medicine, <laughs> that, that was me playing. It was That's definitely awesome. the angry wide receiver, but we hated that sport. We loved it. Though. I love Yeah. You need that sport. That was great. That was awesome. <laughs> Pierre catch a slant for a first down and growl. You see them little uh, <laughs> the little things. things. <laughs> that he had, man, Pierre was crazy. Man. Like, one of one of my favorite. Every, it was damn near a fight after every play with Pierre. <laughs> and, and we love we love that as DC fans. One of my favorite plays. I don't know if you remember Pierre, but basically, I think it was uh it was against the Eagles. I think in 2015, it was like a, it was a game winning play. It was uh-huh. a quick slant. You got drilled by both um both defenders. You got scored a touchdown. And you spiked the ball. Is that that's Still ring a bell for you? Do you remember that play? Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> okay. most of, every, almost every catch or every game, you kind of remember. You remember something from it. But yeah, that game that was special. It was fun. You know, we were mm-hmm. by a lot, and, and to make it happen on the last play, you know, it's like a dream come true. It's like you know what what Meek Mill says. Like we scored, t- we were probably about like we scored the winning touchdown, and, and it was against Philly. <laughs> it was like, and it was at home. You know, it was, it was like, huge, it was, man. It was, it was huge. like a dream come true. And like you said, I got crushed, but it made it worthwhile because I caught the ball in. And we won the game and we celebrate. I think that was like our last last home game uh, of the year. In, yeah, it was. I believe in so. The stadium. Yeah. So it was. It was. It was great. <laughs> One I, more question. Go ahead, Chris. Go ahead. Sorry. But I remember <clears throat> that uh, first touchdown pass that you caught from RG three inside. The mm-hmm. <laughs> that, was, that, was that was the one. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was like, oh my god, we got the best offense. <laughs> <laughs> What did did y'all think when he rolled out that offense, uh, that RG three offense for the first time, Pierre? We we knew we knew it was gonna be tough. Go ahead, Baker. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I was say we knew it was gonna be tough for defenses to catch up because you know Robert can throw it far. He can throw it. He can throw it. He can throw a bullet pass. He can run. You know he. You know we got speed on the outside, so we knew it was gonna be tough for guys to catch up on. And then you know we just have to keep you know, improvising and, and keep getting better and getting more yards, that what motivates the offense to keep pushing, keep believing in when we, you know, as players, you know, get more than we're supposed to. But we knew it was going to be a hassle for the defenders to defend everything, the deep ball, the quick throws, as well as his arms and his foot. Yeah, man, it was it was crazy just seeing it in practice, you know, mm-hmm. being able to go against Alfred and, and RG3, Pierre, Santana, Hankerson. Stack, yeah. that was good. We, we had Jordan Reed, you know, we, we were stacked, man. It was like pick your poison. And um, mm-hmm. when RG3 was at his best, man, he our, our offense was rolling and couldn't too many teams really stop us because we'll have over, what, 300 yards passing, and then Alfred definitely was having over 100 yards and mm-hmm. 
Archery three may have you know eighty ninety yards in that. You know, so he he was kind of like the Lamar Jackson before Lamar Jackson really came out. He was. I wish he could have you know stayed a little bit more healthy and then rode this thing out. But our 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 team was special, man, especially on offense. Two of my favorite plays of the year was Pierre Garcon's first. I think that was Griffin's first touchdown pass with the Saints, an eighty eight yard oh. touchdown, first play yeah. of the game. And then we spanked, or you guys spanked the Cowboys on Thanksgiving Day. <laughs> and Garcon had a big fifty. He exploded and ran for sixty yards for a touchdown there too. So thank you for the memories, Pierre. I appreciate that a lot. It was good. Nah, I appreciate you guys. <laughs> appreciate it. Hey, cool. Pierre, got a quick question. Um, yes, sir. <laughs> who did you like playing with better, RG three or Kirk Cousins? <laughs> It's a great question, Chris. <laughs> it's a great question. We knew Kirk was not going to run out of the pocket and, you know, try to save the day with his legs. We knew he was going to, he, he knew he had to sit in the pocket and throw it. And he wasn't always on time. His arm wasn't as strong because we're used to RG3's arm. But Kirk, we, we knew he's not going to run around. So that was easier for a receiver. Like, we're like, hey, he's going to see the hole before it happens. He's going to see the throw. And, you know, it's, it's going to come or he's checking it down. You know, Robert, we have to stay alive. And that was part of like, like our two-minute drill, too. Like, stay alive. Like, you know, half the guys go upfield, half the guy come back across the vision. So it's easier when you know your quarterback is going to be in the pocket because then you just have to beat the defender. So you're saying you prefer to play with Kirk? I prefer to play with a quarterback in the pocket. <laughs> Robert <laughs> stayed in the pocket, but, you know. The PC answer. Good job. Legs, you got to run. You got to run. Okay. So <laughs> I don't blame him. So um, during your time in Indianapolis, um, what were some of the guys that you looked up to and helped you develop your work ethic? Because, you know, in Washington, you know, it was, it was crazy to see, you know, obviously you practice hard, but every time there was a special team period and guys would, you know, just take that as a chill period, you'd just see Pierre catching, doing little two-toe touches on the side, like just catching, catching, catching all day, every day. It was never like an off period for you. So where did you develop that? Oh man, and Indy, that's where we we learned. I learned from all the Hall of Famers and the pros and the guys that were, you know, around me every day. You know, we had Peyton, which Peyton's like, hey, we're going to throw the ball. So if you can't catch the ball, you won't be here long. And that made perfect sense to me. <laughs> and Reggie and Marvin Wayne was there. And those guys had, you know, those guys weren't bigger than me. They weren't, you know, like faster than me. They were just, you know, experienced. And they would practice catching the balls, even, you know, during special team periods. Those guys didn't do special teams. So, you know, I watch those guys do it all the time. So they're just getting extra rep of catching the ball. That's why they're Hall of Famers and they're great at catching balls or route running or doing things that, you know, they can take advantage of. And that's what I carried over to with me because the more you do something, the better you get at it, the, the more comfortable you get with it. And sometimes luck will fall your way because you've done it so much that, you know, it didn't go the wrong way, went the right way. So those that's where I learned a lot of, you know, my professionalism at where, you know, you, you keep working on what you need to be good at. You have to catch the ball. You have to be fast and you have to have the endurance to, you know, play four quarters. So, you know, it's easy. And I brought it over to, you know, to, to DC, tried to try to keep it going. And, you know, it worked out for me. <laughs> now, <laughs> one of the other things I wanted to talk about is mm -hmm. one of the moments that we always, you know, laugh and joke about. Well, let's go back. I forgot what year. There's a couple of those. <laughs> <laughs> There's a couple of those. To the Philadelphia game, we was out there to win the FC East. Mm. And it was about three or four seconds left, and Kirk took a knee. Can you tell us what happened on that fourth down when we called a timeout and Jay wanted to do a uh, – he a wanted back, to throw back the back shoulder fade. And, and Coach, we wanted, wanted to call it back uh, shoulder fade. In the field, though. Yeah, we wanted to call it back shoulder fade. 
you know, we weren't particularly good at back shoulder fades. We weren't good at regular shoulder fade, regular fades. So the back shoulder fade is like we're complicating something that's not supposed to be complicated. If we miss a back, a, a, a regular fade, it goes out of the end zone. There's no interception involved. Coach wanted to go back shoulder fade. I was like, uh, uh. <laughs> I remember that argument. I was, was like, uh, like, and Jay loved calling those things. Too. <laughs> he does. He does because he called it in Cincinnati with AJ Green and Andy Dalton. But you know, we're in Washington D.C. with Pierre and Kirk Cousins. Where you know, if it doesn't look good between the two players, we probably shouldn't call it. So he ends up calling it. You know, Kirk ends up taking takes it knee. Like, <laughs> like all right. so. so. So I always tell people this was the funniest. It was the funniest moment of one of uh, of any halftime I've ever been a part of, because that was the most argumentative halftime about why didn't we kick a field goal or why didn't Kirk know what to do? How the hell does he take a knee with no time timeouts left? DJ caught an asthma attack. Everyone's about to kill the coaches. <laughs> it was a lot going on. It was a lot going on, uh, which which is normal in a in a in a football locker room sideline organization but you know luckily we came back and won that game oh, but it was to win the nfc east man and we just blew an opportunity to either score seven or three he went out there and took a knee and, with no and, time and we didn't score nothing <laughs> <laughs> we got to keep it simple that's 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 the name keep of the game it keep it simple, simple man kick the field goal let's go in here with some momentum man <laughs> it, it was health but but that trio of weapons between you djx and jordan reed Maybe three of the best in the league at the time. I mean, it, it was a little bit of everything. I'm curious your thoughts on just how good the three of you could have been if, if health wasn't a factor. Um, I don't think health was a big factor. I think, you know, it was just we were all young. Uh, we didn't have stability at quarterback. We didn't have stability at head coach. You know, it wasn't, you know, hard for us to make plays. We just couldn't make plays the playmakers are there is just, you know, some plays don't get called when they're supposed to. Some plays are more complicated than they're supposed to be. You know, some guys, some coaches want certain plays calls and some coaches want players to make certain plays, but you know, we, we all knew we can make plays, but if we don't, you know, it, it, it's all to waste. Gotcha. So, Pierre, you've seen him play with a bunch of really strong wide receivers in your career. If I remember, you know, Reggie Wayne, I believe Marvin Harrison, right? Deshaun yeah. Jackson, mm -hmm. Santana Moss, right? Yeah. Um, who did you actually practice with? And you were like, man, there's freaking remarkable. This is unbelievable to watch. I just can't, you know, I'm taking something away from them. Who stood out to you the most? Oh, it was Reggie. It was Reggie. That's, that was my assignment when I came into the league. It was like, hey, watch what Reggie does. I was like, all right. <laughs> Everything he does, like, just watch Reggie. And I always watched him because, you know, that's, that's, it's, it's a great person to watch. Mm -hmm. And I, I always analyze what he did. He was always smooth. He wasn't the fastest, wasn't the big. Mm -hmm. He had, he catched great, but, you know, it was just, he, he just catch the ball very well, but he did everything efficient. And, mm -hmm. And I was always comparing myself. I was like, I'm faster than him. I know I got more juice and more wiggle than him. Mm -hmm. uh, but he obviously catched the ball better and understood the playbook and obviously played in the league a lot longer than me. So he understand, understood defenses, defenders. So he taught me those non-physical things that you know got him open. And mm -hmm. like, all right, this is great. Um, but I kept watching him and and still still watch him, still watch his film today. And the way the guy get open, like, wow, this, <laughs> he's very, very good at it. <laughs> cool. Do you watch guys now? Do you, you know, uh, Washington could still use some. Do you see some guys coming out from college that you're high on? 
my it's, it's harder to watch guys like critique guys when it's watching it on TV. When you're in the film room and you ask them what's the play, what was the assignment on this, and did they do the assignment? How smooth did they come in and out of their assignment? That's what you can you know gauge. But you know when you're just watching highlights, it's like all right, you know there's everybody looks great on highlights. Yeah, there's certain <laughs> plays that you know you're he did a great job, and there's certain plays you know you're like what happened on this way, but. And I, I haven't really scouted players like that to see who's like, you know, technically good and, and obviously numbers good too as well. Well, it's probably somebody from Alabama. <laughs> that's a good answer right? <laughs> you can never go wrong if you just pick one of those schools as a fact. I'm curious, you guys, since we got both of you here, one from each side of the ball, when you get into halftime in a game where say one side of the ball, you know, is doing much better mm-hmm. than the other side of the ball. What are those conversations like at halftime? Um, at halftime, it's really like the offense go one side, the defense goes one side. Some teams knock out the the offense and defense meeting first and then come together as a whole team or some guys go straight to whole team meetings and then offense and defense split up. Because, you know, everybody's watching the game. Everybody knows what's going on. You're either up or you're down. You know, you know, obviously nobody wants to be in a position that's not playing well. So, you know, you're like, hey, the offensive guys were like, hey, all right, defense, we got you. And defense is like, hey, all right, we got y'all. You know, office, and then special teams like, hey, guys, we got one play we're going to make for you guys. You know, it's just like a regrouping instead of pointing fingers. And uh, we know what situation we're in. Let's prepare for the next quarter. Let's 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 see what we can get. Let's see. Let's prepare for the first third down that we're gonna call because that's gonna come. You know, we we know we don't want to be down. Or if we are up, we're like, hey, keep it up, guys, because you know you know they're not gonna lay down. So we gotta keep it going. Prepare for the first down we're gonna call. The next third down we're gonna call. Prepare what yard lines we're gonna be on. Dictate which way the wind's going. Which which ball. Which way we're gonna go so that we have the wind with us in the fourth quarter. You know, we're thinking about these things instead of being upset of the first two quarters or we're building off the first two quarters. Yeah. I mean, he pretty much hit it right on the butt. You know, it's been times when, you know, the defense probably sucked in the first half and our offense carried us and you get in that locker room. It's not like the offense, like, yo, what the hell, yo, like get it together. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and they mind, they probably thinking that, but when they get in the yeah. office, they're like, yo, let's go. We got it, man. We're going to keep moving this thing, but y'all get it together. Yeah. And, and it's the same way on office. Like we're having a good time. Um, on defense and the offense and struggling, be like, hey, we got your back, man. But come on, let's score some touchdowns because we can't keep holding them down. You know what I mean? But it's always encouraging. Uh, and then you try to move on to the next play. Every once in a while, you may have a little bit of an argument, but for the <laughs> most part, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty chill. You know, offense does this thing, the defense does this thing. You talk about what went well. You talk about what we can improve or what has hurt us or what we should expect in the second half. And you just go out there and try and execute and win the game. But but I must say, but I must say, you know, as player to player, as a, a veteran to veteran, we do go to bake like, hey, bake, what's up? You do a friendly call out. You do a friendly call out. Hey, bake, like, I ain't seen you in the back. I ain't see your sack dance yet. Because you remember when Bake was doing the sack dance? Hey, bake, hey, like, hey, P. Hey, then they be like, hey, P. Hey, man, I ain't see you. I ain't see you spin the ball yet. Like, I like, you know what? You're right. I haven't spent the ball yet. I need to. Like, hey, coach. <laughs> Yeah, so, so you know, on a friendly type, like, you know, I'm like, hey, Rackbo, like, get to the quarterback, man. Come on. Like, you know, they they understand it, and we understand it, too, because we're all trying to, you know, get each other to do well because we care each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pierre, I'm curious, who was uh, the toughest that you had guard you while you played? 
Did you have uh, a couple where you looked at this guy and said, oh, today's going to be one of those days? Well, the only time, like, you know, it's going to be a day is where, like, there's two guys that played man-to-man around the whole field, like, for a majority of their career when they needed to. It was Revis and um, Patrick Peterson. Those guys, you know, like, they, they're going to be like, hey, our assignment is to follow you all around the whole field. Those guys, which is easier coverage because you know what they're playing, which okay. makes it easier. <laughs> it makes it easier, but – those are the guys that you respect. Like, all right, this guy's, you know, he's he's staying tough. Sometimes when those guys are following you around, your team just decides to take you out of the play, out of the playbook, you know, for that day, which, you know, that's the coach's decision, not never the player's decision, but that's part of it. And, you know, Revis, you know, there was a moment where he, I was actually with the Jets. He was with the Jets. I was actually in um, Indian. You know, they put him on me. You know, he did a good job. But you know he was guarding Reggie most of the time, <laughs> so, you know. So, but he would follow you around, which you know you, that's you know guy saying, "Hey, we're trying, we're here to play." Yeah, that's it's... rare to find. That's rare to find nowadays. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I, I remember, I remember um, when we had signed Josh Norman, and we had Breland, and and Breland was like, "Man, I'm the number one corner. I don't know why they brought this dude in." And our first three weeks, we had we had Pittsburgh, Dallas, and New York. And um, Breland had a rough couple of games. And we started looking at Josh like, bro, we just paid you all this money, but he wasn't start following this number one. That's, 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 <laughs> that's what we call. Level, you know what I'm saying? He wasn't he's, comfortable he's, following the best guy all over the field. It's not he easy. He on that right side and just chill. You yeah. know what I mean? But it, it was crazy, man. That, that, that defensive meeting room was crazy because – you know, Breland was really good, you know, and he, and he, he was good. Number one guy, and he should have got paid. Da, 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 da. But when we bought in Josh, man, it was just like it was such a rivalry between the two because Breland wanted to be that guy, <laughs> you know, and it, it was so interesting. And we came out the gate and we had Des Bryant. That was the weekend Antonio Brown did the twerking, and that was on NFL Network every Infamous. Show. That was <laughs> awful, dude. <It's> so bad. <laughs> Odell, we was like, okay, Josh, man, we don't care what really talking about. We pay you too much money not to follow the best guys around here, so we tried to make that work. But that was a crazy ass experience. Man. Did it ever happen? <laughs> did it ever happen though? I think he did it for a few times, but I, I think he went back to playing on the right side. I'm not, I'm, I'm not sure. Is that common to have a lot of say in what you guys can do and on the field, or is the coaches kind of like top down tell you what to do? Like for instance, like Norman could travel or Norman had to play his scheme. Was there a lot of freedom as a player? Or did coaches kind of tell you what to do? Well, you kind of knew what your strengths were, so mm-hmm. if you felt like you know your strength was following the number one guy and locking him down, and you would step up and say something. Mm-hmm. But if you allow somebody else to take that number one spot, then you probably know that you're just comfortable staying on one side. But that was never said. It's like if y'all want me to do it, I'll do it. But the coaches gave him the freedom. Like, hey, if you want to do it, do it your way. If you want to freaking follow the, the man, then follow the man. But Braylon wanted to, you know, have his side and let Josh have his side. And, you know, it just didn't work out too good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's, a, there's a huge uh, England population that watches this. Um, do you guys, the 2016, you guys went over there. Uh, any stories? And, and did you enjoy your time over there? In London? Yeah. Oh, it was straight, man. It wasn't. London, London was fun. London <laughs> was fun. Uh, it wasn't there's, like there's, a, there's a lot of stories, a lot of places. <laughs> but uh, I remember from London, we had a practice a Thursday night, right? Practice. We got on the plane after the Thursday night. 
get to London, I guess, Friday noon, and we had a, were supposed to go straight to another practice, straight off went the plane. Walkthrough. Yeah, walk it was something, something ridiculous where it was like we left practice, get on the plane to get back to practice. No, like, we no, then, we got to the hotel and had meetings immediately. And, and and then we had to go to practice. And then we had to go to the walkthrough. But guys were half the guys were asleep. The coaches was like on a cup of coffee. Like I don't know how we staying up. I don't think he said anything when guys were asleep because he was like, uh, I don't I don't know how you guys are making it. Right. <laughs> it was it was it was unique. It was very, very different. We we were our time was all different. Because we had yeah. a to go to. We could, it wasn't like we could just go and just explore London, you know. Yeah. They did tell us to be safe out there with pickpocketers. Right, 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 right. <laughs> um, we ended up in a tie, which is my first tie ever in the NFL or a football game ever. Um, we were supposed to win that game. Um, Jay Reed had a good game. Jameson Crowder had a good game. If, the, if, if it wasn't for you doing a pass interference on goddamn... Uh, they call offensive pass interference on me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's crazy. They always call offensive pass interference on me. Oh, man. That's they so always crazy, call man. Yo, that game, we just knew that you and Pac-Man was going to fight at some point, bro. And, you know, I, <laughs> I, I, was, I was doing my job. <laughs> oh, man. We just knew. Out there, every whistle, we were just looking for Pierre and Pac-Man. Like, what, what, what the hell are they about to do right now? That game was crazy. It was I, fun. I said, it was fun to play at Wembley Stadium, though. It was, it it was, was cool to see. Cool to see a lot of a lot of football fans out there. Uh, and then they know, don't even wear like both of the team jerseys that's there. They just have whatever NFL jersey. Whatever, yeah. <laughs> right, right. Uh, uh, the we surprised how much bigger the field is. Well, yeah, because that, that's that's a. Is it mostly just wider? Yeah, it's mostly wider, mostly wider. But the stadium is very, very nice. Uh, it's big. It's huge. It's probably yeah. bigger than anything we playing in the NFL. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and oh, the wow. fans, the fans were excited. Yeah, they, so. and for them to you know just be learning about football and to not really uh, cheer for one team or another, it's like every big play you had to look around because you didn't know if it was your team or the other team because. Mm -hmm. They cheered for everything. Yeah. Know, so <laughs> yeah. Extra point. He's really excited about it. That's fun. Yeah. That's cool. They're always talking about putting a team over there. Is it logistical from a player's perspective? I mean, Hell no. 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 Right. Hell no. That's the problem. Imagine having to fly from London to L.A. or, you know what I'm saying, or, or a, a Minnesota team having to go there and then have to come back and play on the next Sunday. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. Like, and every team can't have a bye week every week after they play in London or vice versa. They'll try to find a way to make it work. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. We won't be a part of it. Right. <laughs> no, you guys won't have to worry about that. Uh, what's, your favorite, what's your favorite city to play in? Besides, you know, obviously besides D.C. in regard to either the stadium, the accommodations, or maybe – yeah, I don't want to get you guys in trouble, but the party scene, if you guys go to a different city as well, like what's the best city to play in besides D.C.? Miami, we're going to the strip club, baby. <laughs> <laughs> After the game or just a one? We always enjoy going to the big city, New York, L.A., Arizona, 
Um, Miami for sure. Atlanta is always good. Cities that they're big cities, you know, where you can have distractions before the game and after the game. Well, after the game, after the game, <laughs> so we're leaving to go back. Basically, what he's mentioning is all them strip club places. That, that <laughs> all them places he names got good strip clubs. <laughs> Atlanta, you know, being from South Florida, you don't see most of the strip clubs. You don't need to look for any further. <laughs> It's fine. I've never been out to uh, Phoenix. Is it uh, is it live out there? Phoenix is live. Phoenix yeah, is it's live. Uh, it's it's. And if you if, if you're married, you should take your wife out there because they have some of the best spas in the world. Like women, like really go to Phoenix just to go to their spas. Yes, it's, it's crazy. It's really nice. I'm sure they add Vegas to that list too, as well. Great cities to drive to. And then on right. the West Coast, you get to leave a day early. We get to leave on Friday. Right, anytime so you play LA, it was out there Friday, so we had mm-hmm. a whole day to really chill. Hopefully, mm-hmm. Coach didn't give us no curfew. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's interesting. You were talking about Vegas. It's uh, Miami, I guess, probably is the closest to it. They're going to have to draft and, and bring in guys to that building that can handle being in Vegas. That's and, <laughs> they have you know, to do that for DC too, as well. Right, right. <laughs> it's a party scene in DC. That's true. It's a fun, but, <laughs> The casino life in Vegas, I'm, I don't know how far the facility is from uh, the actual strip where all the casinos and stuff is, but, you know, uh, guys like to gamble. And if you're down the street from that strip, boy, it's, it's easy. Dangerous, to right, yeah. Because <clears throat> we had guys that gambled a lot on the team, and our uh, casinos was like an hour, hour and a half away from Ashburn. So if that thing is, is 20, 30 minutes, boy, Ain't no telling. You got some boys with a couple of dollars in their pocket, but that casino could get in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> y'all, y'all weren't uh, doing any gambling in the locker room, were you? Oh, every night, <laughs> every day. I didn't do the gambling. <laughs> we played, we played talk, we played boo ray, we played anything that you could freaking bet on. Spade. That game we had. Um, I was gonna say, what is boo ray? That you never heard that before. Uh-uh. It's the, it's the, so every time someone asks about Blu ray, I always bring up Gilbert Arenas because it's the one where he almost uh, shot his for. damn teammate. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a, um, it's like a five card spade, and uh, you flip over one card, the dealer will flip over one card, and whatever card he flips over is the trump. So you play spades, but you play it with the card that's flipped over. That's now the new spade. And okay, then okay. you got an opportunity to, to drop your hand and get out, and you could. Replace up to five cards in your hands to make your hand better. Hopefully, it makes it better. Sometimes it makes it worse. But that's why it's a mixture of poker and space because you kind of got to lie and get good cards on the on the come out. You know, so it's good. But it's a big money game. It's a big money game, <laughs> and it's so and it's yo. It is like one of the most. Uh, it gives you like a huge rush when you play it, bro. And we used to be at Santana House, and we would gamble. I mean, all night, but it was just us having fun around each other. We'll order pizza, wings, and we'll just, you know, have fun playing cards all night. All night. I'm t- talking about like nine, ten o'clock to damn, it's four, five o'clock. We got to get up in the morning for this eight o'clock meeting. <laughs> <laughs> Care to tell the folks how much you ever dropped at one time playing that game, Chris? Oh, man. It, I mean, whew, um, I don't know, bro. Um, one night I tell you, um, before I really even really started making money, I had got booed one night and the pot was like 
13,000. And my stomach just dropped. I was like, oh my God, like 13 grand in one hand. But the good thing about Blu-ray is like, if you get booed and you don't get any books, your money goes into the pot. And on the next hand, you still have an opportunity to win your money. And that next hand came up and I was able to win my money back so I didn't get booed. But I've seen some games where it's like, bro, $40,000 $40, boo. And it just be like, uh, I'll, I'll pay you back next week. <laughs> so it was, it was, it was a bunch of loans going around in the in the locker room. You know what I'm saying? I pay like, and I paid it like, Tuesday. <laughs> That's that hurt. <laughs> yeah, it hurt. It hurt. It definitely hurt. But Blu-ray is a cool game. Everybody play. Even the the, uh, the NBA announcers were talking about Blu-ray last night. Because I no, think funny. Uh, um, and they was playing in the locker room last night. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Here, going back to football real quick. So um, there's a lot of like hoopla in the media about basically all the former offensive coordinators that went through Washington, D.C., Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, Matt LaFleur. Um, I was wondering, did you guys notice anything special about them when you were in the locker room with them? Did, they, did any of them speak to you? And like, you know, that's the one that I really attached to. That was a good coach that really inspired me. Or just want to kind of get your relationship about either one of those. SPR first, more um, coach. Yeah, we had relationships. I had a relationship with most of those guys because mm-hmm. they're all offensive guys. Uh, mm-hmm. so Kyle Shanahan brought me into DC. Uh, Sean McVay was the tight end coach when I was there. Um, you know, those guys played receivers, so we kind of had a mutual, you know, bond. Uh, yeah, just a connection. Sean McVay getting a good receiver in, in high school, and he got, makes sure to tell you that he won State Player of the Year over Kyle. Over Kyle, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he, he always remind people that. And Kyle Shanahan always show his highlight from Texas. Um, oh, that's so funny. So, How'd you guys react? You guys just laugh at that? I mean, clearly you guys are probably more athletic than he was, right? Yeah, but they had, to, <laughs> they had to remind us that they understand where they're coming from when they tell uh, us okay. to do something. That's Got that you. the setup. And Matt was the, the quarterback coach. So, you know, you know, those guys had a, a great brain, a knowledge of football. You know, mm-hmm. they were taught by Mike Shanahan and, you know, that yeah. offense, that West Coast offense, you know, it, they still running it, still have great players running it. Um, and we knew – the plays that they call were for success. You know, they're saying how they're setting up the defense with the run, you know, then throw the play action and it all worked. We saw it happen. Mm-hmm. We started coming together and obviously we couldn't stay together as a band, but you know, we were excited about the offense that they were drawing up and, you know, we had just had to execute and, you know, being now seeing that they're all three are head coaches, you're not surprised by it, but you know, I couldn't say that I saw that all three were going to be a head coach, but I'm not surprised that they are head coaches. And clearly, you had a good relationship with Kyle, right? Because you fought him over to San Francisco, correct? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, great relationship with Kyle. You know, Kyle's all about just having football players that want to play. You know, this mm-hmm. is how we, this is how, he's like this is how we run our system here. This is how we want it. You can do it. If not, we're gonna find somebody else that can do it. It makes perfect sense. And then one more follow up question. Sorry, Doug. Um, so basically, you know, obviously San Francisco, they're actually doing really well. Their offensive scheme looks really good as well there too. Um, Jimmy, Jimmy G, do you, I don't know if you've been watching, do you still watch football, Pierre, or no? Do you guys watch on a regular basis? We don't, we don't get to watch the Commanders. We don't get to watch, you know, the teams that we want to watch, but I'm back there watching the Dolphins and Tampa Bay. They, now they might take both teams off the off the screen down here because, you know, Tom Brady's gone. The Dolphins, <laughs> <laughs> Dolphins got Mike McDaniel now. He was on the staff as well with us in uh, Washington, D.C. So, you know, I, I'm stuck with these two teams to watch, and I'll definitely be close to paying a lot closer attention to the Dolphins. But gotcha. you know, we don't get to watch, you know, we get to watch the, the national game and then, you know, the regional game. 
Got it. Okay. Cause I was going to ask you about Jimmy G or Wentz or Trubisky or any of those guys. Do you find any of them as talented quarterbacks you want in DC or how do you feel about that? They if are you talented. Have anything? They are veterans. Uh, you know, obviously getting their quarterback position fixed in DC is number one. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, Taylor hasn't done a bad job. It's just, we just need, you know, to finish it. We just got to make it to the playoffs and, you know, actually get a chance in that tournament. But, you know, having veteran quarterbacks battle it out on a roster is never a bad thing. Mm-hmm. So it's as long as we keep upgrading. Okay. So, you know, Russell Wilson, um, Jimmy G, Carson Wentz, whoever's out there, you know. I don't, I, don't like, competition. I don't like Jimmy G. I don't like yeah, Jimmy G. So, yeah, keep it real. Chris, what's going on? Why don't you like Jimmy G? Let me know. If you don't nah, mind. I, I mean, I don't, you know, I, I don't know. I just have mixed feelings about him. Is he is he decent? Yeah, but is he what we need to get over the hump in D.C.? I don't think so, you know, because I feel like there are going to be a, a lot of instances where he may be in a, a I have to win it situation and can you, you know, put the offense behind him and that just doesn't happen, you know. And when he had the – he had like three opportunities to – you know, make the game winning drive or take all the time off the clock. And they went three and out or backwards every time in the most critical situation that you could be in in football. And that's not what I look for in my quarterback or something that I want as an upgrade for the commanders who we're starting a new team. We need something that's very exciting. That's going to score 30, 40 points a a game, you know, and that's not Jimmy G. You know, Jimmy G is going to, you know, Make the wide open throws, miss a couple wide open throws. He'll basically do a freaking Heineke do, but he'll probably throw for like 10 percent more better. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I, I, I just don't. I'm not a like minor improvement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand that. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I, I want Deshaun Watson, but I know with the allegations and stuff that <clears throat> we got as an organization, and then the stuff that he's going through it probably won't be a good match but um if we can find a way to get to sean watson yeah, man, I, I would yeah. love I'm, not, I'm not disagreeing with you on Deshaun watson as well right, right. <laughs> I, i'm not sure what quarterbacks they have coming out in the draft or if we're um really be in a position to draft a good quarterback but uh you know some type of veteran will be an upgrade over what we have not to say that heineke is bad but we just need something a little bit better um, and he'll be a great backup because he's definitely a guy who you could depend on to get you maybe he's a gamer or wins, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Throughout the season when your starting quarterback is not available. So um we'll see who's available, who we could get via trade, but I would definitely do what we can to get a young, good, proven quarterback. Um and even if we have to find a veteran, uh we get a vet a veteran at a good price and then still draft a guy who can learn from him. So uh, it'll be interesting. It, it'll be interesting to see what the organization decides to do. If we'll be able to uh, trade for a Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson, or if we just sit back and uh, we feel comfortable with signing, you know, Mitch Trubisky or you know <laughs> Jimmy G, which I hope we don't. Um, but we'll see. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Chris gets angry when you bring up uh, Jimmy G coming to the to the team. I like keeping real, man. I love it. It's good, man. Keep it real. <laughs> Now you understand what the fans used to always talk about because I, all of my friends are Cowboy fans and a lot of them are down in D.C. So it's always the same uh, conversation. You know, y'all might be good, y'all might not be good, but we know that y'all not about to do nothing. 
you know, forever as players, you know, we try and do our best to, you know, get as far as we can get. And we was able, only able to get to like the first round of the playoffs, but we was, at least we was able to make it, you know what I mean? But obviously you want more success as a team and how do you get that success? Uh, I think it starts with uh, making a correct decision on a quarterback. Does it affect players depending on their quarterback, like the confidence of players and like your outlook of the year? Like you're like, hey, I have Deshaun Watson on my team. We can win the Super Bowl or I have, you know, quarterback X. Like we aren't as confident this year. Do, do you feel it as players or honestly, how do you guys feel about that? Definitely. Feel uh, uh, as players, feel yeah. as former players. You feel as as a player watching the game. You know, you know, in football, you know, there's one position that, you know, that can win or lose the game, you know. The quarterback, if Tom Brady comes up, you know, you got a chance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we all knew Trevor Lawrence wasn't going to set the world on fire because he's a rookie into the NFL. Like, it's just, you know, how the games are, how the game is. Like, having a quarterback will let you know you're going to go for a thousand yards or, you know, you're just scraping, hoping to get get a pass. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. I, I, have, I have one last question for you. I was scrolling through pictures the other day and I came across Deshaun Jackson giving Jay a purple nurple. Have you ever given a coach a purple nurple before? <laughs> Never. <laughs> Do you know what a purple nurple is? Did it twist his nipple? Yeah, you, no. you ever seen? You ever seen? You ever seen that one where uh, Deshaun Jackson giving? I seen the picture. Twister. Yeah, yeah but, but you know what? And that's what I I, I would talk about when it came to Jay Gruden. Like I loved him. You know, I had great success under him. But like when it came to interaction, like. You like when Coach Shanahan, when you saw him, you were just like, hi, Mr. Shanahan, or hi, Coach. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, there was no, you know, chest bumping him or slapping him on the ass, his nipples. But with like Jay, man, you could walk by him and nut tap him and pinch his nipple and he'll, just, he'll be cool with it. You know what I mean? He was like, he was mad cool like that. He just, and it was so different, so much more different. Like, coming with, from a, a, a Shanahan to a Jay, because Jay was just so loose. Shanahan, he he ran a tight ship. It was like you knew you was coming to work. You know what I mean? Like you knew not to be late because he was definitely going to find you. Jay, you may be able to talk yourself out of a fine. But <laughs> Shanahan, you knew. And Shanahan had freaking cameras at the entrance to see who came in late because he was definitely going to find you. Had, what was your had, preference between the two guys? I want to hear about that after Chris. Go ahead. Sorry. You said what? What was your preference of the two between Shanahan or Gruden? Like, do you do you like that tight structure and rigidness, or do you like that approachable uh, coach? I I like them both. For me personally, I like Shanahan better. I just felt like we had like we were so much more focused as a group on what mm-hmm. uh, needed to be done, uh, and you know he was really like. Uh, a stickler on like how to answer the media and it was it was interesting as a player especially as a young player it's like this was really how they do it in the nfl it's just like if you have an ankle injury he say just say you have a leg if you have a elbow injury to say hey my arm is hurt never give the opponent the exact injury and when he talked to reporters they'd be like so we heard that chris baker had an ankle injury yeah his leg hurts you know what I mean? He never gave out whatever, you know, but we didn't go for that type of stuff for Gruden. It was so much more laid back, you know what I mean? But I like the more uh, structured coach like a shady. I'm the same way. Definitely <clears throat> feel the same way like Chris feels. And I obviously love the way the coaches win. Whoever has the, you know, the winning, the most winning percentage, I'm following that lead because I came here to win. 
that was right. the number one thing. It's laid back and win, that's fine with me. If it's tight ship and win, that's fine with me. Right. Sounds good. Dallas, I appreciate it, man. This was awesome. Pierre, we appreciate you hopping on today. My pleasure, man. George, thanks for uh, filling in the co-host seat with me. Of course, man. No problem. Have a good time. And, uh, Chris, we'll see you Monday. <laughs> All right, but dog. Appreciate you, guys. It, appreciate you, Chris. See you guys. See you guys later. <clears throat> thanks, but Doug, I appreciate it, man. Thank you. You got it, buddy. Thank you. Yeah, sorry if I spoke too much. I tried to have a nice little balance back and forth with you. No, nah, you're good. <laughs> All right, cool. Catch you later, man. All right, man. Peace. <clears throat>